0: Hello listeners, Jordan here. I just want to let you know that you can listen to Nighttime early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by the Nighttime Podcast.
0: Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, I'm Jordan Bonaparte, and Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal Aaron Airport and I seek out and explore the more offbeat news stories that played out over the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on February 6th of 2024, Aaron and I talk a lot about animals and food. We hear about a recent act of animal-involved domestic terrorism that crippled Toronto's power infrastructure. We're going to discuss the birth control being distributed among Toronto's pigeon population, We'll sample some of Regina's famous pizza, and we're gonna get grossed out by a pill found in a Starbucks cake pop. And in the middle of all that, we're gonna daydream about an ancient shipwreck that recently washed up in Newfoundland. So let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, you got your pop in your hand, I got my pop in my hand. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that can stop us now. It's time to keep Canada weird, but before we do, What's new with you? Did Snowmageddon or Snowvid kick your butt? Snowvid is still ongoing, man. It doesn't end. It is snow
2: all day, every day here. All I do is shovel. I've been shoveling multiple times a day since Saturday. It was insane. My car was buried. You couldn't even see my car. There was so much snow. Yeah, I just almost passed out looking at it, thinking... i live alone i'm gonna shovel this all by myself like an idiot oh it was unreal
0: and and you were in cape breton which is considered like ground zero of the snowpocalypse y'all got whacked so bad that your mayor declared a state of emergency
2: yes the mayor of our municipality declared a state of emergency however the the premier of Nova Scotia disagreed (laughs) about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He, he referred to it not as a PR stunt, but as a PR issue, which is a a kind of like an even more condescending way to react to that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Total PR issue, man. Like that was such a brutal thing to hear as someone living, like, you know, I'm right on the water. We got completely buried. You know, my entire neighborhood, there's a lot of older people in my neighborhood who can't get out of their houses um mm-hmm. you know today i was helping the guy next door harold you know he lives alone he's got to be 80 years old or something and you saw him out there this morning because i thought maybe he had a tractor coming or something you know like because some people know people with tractors and they come and they're just waiting for the tractor to come they have it scheduled and they're gonna the tractor's gonna dig out the top of their driveway but and i saw him alone out there oh man yeah you gotta just chipping away at it and i'm like so i grabbed my big scoop shovel went over there and then a couple other neighbors saw us and and joined so there was four of us took us several hours four of us at once to to get this driveway to the point where he could get out so i've been in the house since friday afternoon like when i got home friday afternoon the snow started i picked up some supplies I didn't really have a grasp on how bad the storm was going to be. So I picked up, you know, some bananas, some grapes, some bread, some peanut butter, you know, in case you lose power, you still have things mm. that you can eat, you know, some chips and like just kind of cookies and just kind of, you know, ride out the storm kind of food. But, you know, by Monday, I'm like, I'm getting low on my storm supplies yeah.
0: here. Like maybe you should have bought like some ammunition, like because if it gets any worse. Oh,
2: absolutely. Then then Harold becomes my enemy. <laughs> yeah, he becomes fearful. <laughs> then I start burying him in the snow after I kill him <laughs> and take all of his canned oh. goods.
0: Oh. Yeah. Um, well, we're glad you survived and all the best to Harold. We're all rooting for you, sir. And
2: all the worst all the worst to our premier Tim Houston. What a moron, oh, wow. man. Like this guy. I'm calling for him to come down when the snowplow goes by my house again and fills in the top of my driveway again with a snowbank of ice and snow. I want him to shovel me out and show me how you clear snow.
0: Okay. We'll see if he takes you up on that. Well, like I said, glad you survived the snow. We hope Harold is okay and looked after by you and everyone else, but we have work to do here. Our mission is to keep Canada weird And the way we do it is by seeking out, highlighting, discussing, breaking down, speculating on and theorizing on the weird and offbeat and amazing stories that played out over the last week across Canada. And oh, my goodness, we got some good ones tonight. We have a couple themes to work on. There are two acts that occurred in Toronto specifically connected to the animal uprising that our listeners are counting on us to up to, uh, get them up to date on we have two food related stories one in regina and one in vancouver island and then we can go to newfoundland for the latest weird thing to happen in the strangest part of the country uh where do you want to start with this oh wow uh, let's start with the animals you know we haven't
2: really been banging the animal uprising drum for the past
0: number mm-hmm. of weeks so mm-hmm. let's let's get into that that's not to say we're not watching that. oh no we are our ears and eyes are open okay this one's concerning so let's let's start with i i guess there's kind of two sides to this there is an attack on humanity and a retaliation against the animals so let's start with the bad news first This past Thursday night, a significant portion of downtown Toronto, which is one of Canada's most densely populated areas, was without power initially for unknown reasons. People were stuck in elevators, buildings were without heat or water, and society was on the cusp of panic. And the cause may be darker than even Toronto's darkest corners. Listen to this.
2: Thousands were left without power for several hours last night across parts of downtown and midtown Toronto. The lights went out at around 7.40. Toronto Hydro said approximately 7,000 customers were impacted and fire crews had to carry out a number of elevator rescues. Hydro One later said the outage started when a raccoon made contact with equipment at a downtown station. Power was fully restored by around 10.30.
0: A raccoon made contact with equipment. Hmm. We have to read between the lines what that could mean because that's pretty vague. Are they saying it was an attack? Are they saying it was an accident? What does made contact with equipment? What does that mean? What happened here? Oh. I know you don't work for Hydro Ontario or Toronto or whatever it is, but
2: well, it's it's the animal uprising. It's 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 one of the first very calculated attacks that we've seen since we've been ringing the alarm bell for the animal uprising.
0: It's definitely a raise of the bar because it involves technology. It's attacking critical infrastructure. They say a, a raccoon made contact. If this was some kind of uh, lone wolf attack by one raccoon effectively, which it appears he has, he or she has, I don't know. That is scary to me. I
2: agree. See what this looks like. And for anyone who's maybe a newer listener and isn't familiar with our theory of of the animal uprising you know we've been uh kind of tracking this story for years now how we theorize that the animals are uprising they're planning an uprising to take back the earth and it's been happening a lot in Canada and as we've been learning around the world as well Mm -hmm. Um, and what this attack looks like to me is showing what they're capable of like a test attack so in order to take down humanity, we all know that taking away our power, our ability to access technology, takes away mm-hmm. our ability to defend
0: ourselves in a lot of ways. It puts us on this, on an even playing field when animals and humanity go head to head. Without electricity and power, in a city like Toronto, oh man, in, in winter yeah and
2: technology is our greatest asset you know when the animals look at us they don't have technology and they they see us with with all of these instruments that we can use to defend ourselves they take Mm -hmm. away our power they take away our ability to use that and who better suited what animal better suited for this kind of an attack than a raccoon they have a mask Mm -hmm. around their eyes uh they're stealthy they work at night they work undercover they're quiet um and their hands are very capable of of performing an electrical act such as this
0: Mm. it is pretty terrifying but as i say the this kind of two stories uh set in toronto that occurred last week one involves an attack on humanity and one isn't I guess could be seen as an attack, uh, an act of retaliation, but it's not specifically against raccoons, although it's certainly against animals. This act of retaliation is targeted at pigeons, which, alongside raccoons, are one of the most common sights in downtown Toronto. Let me just read you a short article, and then we'll talk about this side of it. Louis Canseco gets anxious when he walks across the Yonge Street and Finch Avenue intersection because he knows he's directly in the line of fire. Not from cars or trucks, Conseco keeps an eye on the wires overhead, where dozens of pigeons congregate feather to feather. Whether he can make it across unscathed has become a bit of a crapshoot. I've been hit with liquid three times in the last year, says Conseco. Now I cross it with an umbrella, rain or not. In an effort to humanely reduce the number of feathered bombers, the city has put some of them on the birth control pill.
2: I live here, just right
3: across the street, and the pigeons are a nuisance.
4: Richard Evans is among many Toronto residents that won't be taking any more crap from pigeons.
3: They line up on this wire here across Yonge Street, hundreds of them. They uh, have a habit of going to the washroom on the streets and cars and that sort of thing. Hello,
4: little one. Esther Attard of Toronto Animal Services has heard many concerns similar to Evans. The city solution, putting pigeons on the pill it's a food. It's a bait. It's like a pelleted food. Um, and we put it in an automatic feeder and it sits on the roof and it feeds for a certain number of seconds. That food acts as birth control for pigeons at a cost of $24,000 a year. Feeders were installed in four wards in May, 2023. A fifth ward Spadina Fort York will be added to the pilot project later this month for an additional $6,000.
5: It
2: only has this this contraceptive effect in species that have feathers and lay eggs. So, you know, there's no risk to uh, your pets or small children.
4: The CEO of the company behind the pill says it's approved by humane societies in Canada and that the size of the pill and the location of feeders is designed to attract only pigeons.
5: I am advocating vigorously for it to come to my ward. Unfortunately, due to the pigeon population, many residents no longer are able to use their
4: outdoor space. Atard says the program has seen some signs of success due to less pigeons at the feeders, but they're hoping to have a better idea on how it's controlling the population by this spring or summer
0: very rarely do we see a story where humanity is taking steps to control animal populations especially in these kind of unique and maybe even groundbreaking ways i've never heard of a birth control pill for birds and i certainly have never heard of a birth control pill for birds being spread across downtown toronto at a cost of when you added it up about $30,000 a year, it sounds like, mm-hmm. but I've been to Toronto. There are pigeons everywhere. Yeah. I
2: wonder if there are birth control food for other pests as well. Like, is this something that we can enact to, I, I should state first to my animal overlords that I have already officially submitted to you. Um, in, in the earliest days of the animal uprising, mm-hmm. I, I, I announce you as my overlords. I am here to do your bidding. I submit to you. You know, that's all officially on the record to the animals. Oh. And uh, But, however, is this something that they can do with other pests as well? You know, mice, well, rats, raccoons? Yeah, because like, I don't like the idea of killing them. Yeah, like, but a bird, bird putting... control thing, like, which doesn't kill them, but it slows down
0: them reproducing it is a really good idea and you know even with like with mice and rats and stuff the idea of like poisoning them and having them just like die in your yard or something that or in your house that's so disgusting but we do share at this point share the earth with them and if we can use technology and science to just control the rate that they reproduce and control their numbers that way in sensitive areas like a major city I don't know. I think that's a win-win. I I like this idea. I've never heard of it, but if it's not harmful to the pigeons that ingest it, and there's not a risk of other animals, you know, getting at it, uh, yeah, I like this idea, and I think this could be explored to control. Like, I live in Halifax. There are rats and mice everywhere. If you could control the population of mice and rats across the city through something like this, yeah, um, mm-hmm. I think that's all right. Yeah, it would be interesting though in the short term. I think it would. It might
2: add to the problem because once you start feeding them, they start coming around more. Right. Mm -hmm. And then eventually as the, the birth control food starts to take effect down the road, you have a smaller population, but in the Mm -hmm. short term, you're going to see more pigeons.
0: Yeah. I guess this is the kind of thing where your payoff is going to be, you know, five to 10 years down the road before you really see the benefit of it. And of course it's like, this is something that shouldn't be, I don't think should be handled by just some random like government person putting a bunch of it up there. It needs to be uh, carefully controlled because you don't want to destroy the population. You want to control it in a way that, you know, you want to find that balance. And Mm. I think there could be problems, but if this was something a city does hand in hand with some kind of experts, I like this idea.
2: Yeah, it's long-term, and and you should should be thinking long-term when it comes to pest control in a city or a neighborhood um, because a short-term thing is not going to do anything long-term for your problem. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think municipalities really need to start thinking more long-term with pest control to control these populations as
0: opposed to being reactionary like their policies are now. But it is an issue when you go to downtown, when you go to Toronto, it's, uh, they're everywhere pigeons. It's, I don't, you see them in Halifax, uh, and I'm sure you see them in Cape Breton, but nothing like Toronto, where they're just all over the place. Well, Toronto, too, has a lot of like street
2: vendors selling hot dogs and, and, and all types of food trucks and, um, So you're seeing a lot of food on the streets, especially like when you look at the garbage cans and stuff they're filled with uh food you know there's there's lots of stuff for them to to nibble on um in the streets of toronto
0: let's move on to another story we're we're gonna end the episode with our duo of food stories right in the middle of the episode let's plunk down a mystery how does that sound yeah i like that um What do these three numbers mean to you? 709.
2: 709. Uh, It's an old locker combination,
0: maybe? No, it's the area code for Newfoundland. The reason I know that so well is well, because I've called Newfoundland before, but I worked a job where I uh, talked to people all across Atlanta, Canada. And when a phone number showed up on my phone with 709 at the beginning, I thought, here we go, this is about to be interesting. It seems every person in Newfoundland just has that special keep Canada weird magic about them. But this mystery that takes us to Newfoundland It's not so much about people of today, it's about, I guess, people of the past. Uh, Last week, without warning, a massive overturned hull of a seemingly ancient ship has appeared along the southwestern tip of the province. At this point, best guesses are that the ship is over 200 years old and was massive. The wreckage itself is about 24 meters long, but that's only a portion of the ship that washed up. Let's hear the news story, and I want you to pay close attention to again the streeters that's when the reporter talks to the random people on the scene you're going to hear some amazing accents and some i think every quote you hear in this article is going to be something we're going to want to talk about so grab a pen and paper for this here it comes the ghost ship of newfoundland it's a secret of the ocean
3: small coastal community is trying to uncover I'm just interested to see how old it is never knows it could be a ship that brought my ancestors here Wanda Blackmore's son found this mysterious wreck 10 days ago now it seems like just about everyone's come down to this beach to have a look for themselves
0: it's it's just a boat but you don't see this every day in a lifetime not something this old
3: Photographer Corey Purchase captured golden video that's now been shared around the world.
2: It's like discovering a ghost ship. When you're flying over it's like you get this airy feeling that
1: like what happened when it went down.
3: Cape Ray has an important place in shipping history. Its lighthouse once guided boats safely into the Cabot Strait. Some here speculate that Hurricane Fiona in 2022 dredged up this boat and people who live in this town now feel a big connection to the history right now these tides are working against archaeologists this boat doesn't really reveal itself out of the water until after sun goes down that's supposed to change by the weekend when the archaeology team hopes to arrive here in cape ray the ship is being battered by the waves so today locals tied three ropes onto the overturned hull they hope that will be enough to keep it in place until experts arrive
0: so we're from cape breton we're from a place that has uh it's known for having a bit of an accent, but when I hear like the hardcore Newfoundlanders talk, I can't help but chuckle. Mm.
2: Oh yeah, the accent is is thick. It's a similar accent to the Cape Breton accent, but it's, bit it's turned up to 10, it seems.
0: What do you think of this story? Where do you want to start with this?
2: It's a cool story. I mean, the, the aerial shots, if anybody can go on YouTube and look this story up to see the news footage of it, Um, There's some really cool aerial shots that they took with a drone of the shipwreck, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, kind of there at the edge of the, of the water. But um, it reminds me of the scene of the goon from the Goonies, Mm. you know, at the end of the, not spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen the Goonies in the (laughs) eighties, but um, the end of the movie when, um after they break out of the you know the the watery cave or whatever at the end mm-hmm. and then um one-eyed Willie's ship is like you know when they're when they're about to lose their houses or whatever and then all of a sudden the maid is screaming in spanish <laughs> that there's something over there and then they see one-eyed Willie's ship just kind of cruising along like it just reminds mm-hmm. me of that scene from the goonies mm-hmm.
0: It's, it's a massive old wooden ship that for, for whatever reason, washed up on shore again, you heard it in the article there, they suspect maybe tumultuous, uh, sea waves of, um, hurricane Fiona may have loosened it from wherever it was stuck or buried and washed up on shore. I, I like this idea that there's these cool things just hidden in plain sight. And this seems to be one of them, and it'll wash up. Archaeologists are going to get on there; they're going to pull it up on shore, I imagine. And archaeologists are going to go through it, and who knows what they'll find in there? Because, it, as far as I can tell, they they at this point they have no idea no. which boat this could be. There's no record of something similar having gone down, you know, in that immediate area. But it could, it could even be from the other side of the world. But it does look like it's in good condition too. Like the mm-hmm. the drone footage you discussed, I've I've uh, I watched that as well. And you know, for a two or three hundred year old boat, whatever it is, thing looks like it's in pretty decent shape. They're going to be able to figure it out, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, There's going to be lots of evidence on there to to paint the story. Of who owned this boat? Where it came from? you know what its deal is so i'm super interested to hear all of that when it comes out but mm-hmm. um but like you say it's it's funny to hear the locals reaction to it you know yeah
0: it's not something you see every day in a lifetime <laughs> you yeah, know it's something you uh, see every day in a lifetime oh it's like what do you mean uh, by that like yeah of course you don't yeah it's a shipwreck and every day in your life mm-hmm Like i was born my parents were shipwreck investigators yeah and i'm a shipwreck investigator shipwreck investigator that'd be the only way maybe every
2: day i leave the house and there's a new shipwreck just sitting (laughs) down there that no one has any explanation as to how it got there
0: yeah that's strange um i like the story though i'm excited to see where it goes i'm curious to see what's underneath what we see in the aerial footage if there's a body to the boat there could be some cool stuff inside there I don't know. I'm, I'm into kind of the maritime history. I like the idea of pirates and treasure, of course, like being so close to Oak Island our whole lives. Like that's, I think that's ingrained in us. Mm-hmm. So I like to think, you know, whenever there's some unexplained thing that happens, I'm first like, is this involved, does this involve Oak Island? Does this involve Oak think, Island? Yeah. Yeah. And this so, how I think my granddad made me that way. He talked about it my whole, like from when I was a kid, my granddad was, Tell me about how, like, mm-hmm. you know, I thought the most important things in my life growing up when I grew up were going to be like dealing with quicksand, acid rain, and the oak island treasure. Yeah, it turns the out the acid
2: rain thing never really played out the way they told us it was going to.
0: No, that was such a big deal We were always told,
2: like in the early 90s, like acid rain is happening, it's going to start happening more and more. And then when you're an adult, when you're growing up. When you, when you go outside, you have to worry about acid rain. Mm-hmm. Thank God that didn't happen. Didn't play out the way they said, but I'm wondering. Been a nightmare. I know. Yeah, imagine. Be like, what's the forecast saying? Acid.
0: Yeah, killer bees and acid, acid all week.
2: <laughs> like, I'm wondering though, is James Cameron interested in this? Like, is when's James Cameron showing up on the scene of this shipwreck and uh, gonna start filming mm. a new movie? I don't think he'll be there. We'll see. It's probably just a boring old fishing vessel. That's.
0: It's too big though. Twenty-four meters. Is it? it isn't the entire boat? That's. It's like a. People who are listening that aren't from the East Coast aren't going to know what I'm talking about. But it's like something like the size of like the Blue Nose or something. It's like it's a long boat.
2: Well, I don't know. Maybe it's just one rich guy's boat, and he that's was just true. having a party on there, and the party got crazy. The boat shipwrecked. And just a bunch of rich people died. <laughs> yeah hmm. Rich people on Suck. cocaine <laughs> in the 1800s. In the 1800s like we just <laughs> discovered cocaine and now my ship is wrecked how am I gonna how am I gonna explain this to my
0: parents <laughs> uh, Let's move on to the next duo of stories as that uh, rich coke hedge, uh sinks. We got to talk about food. One of our favorite topics. It always makes me hungry of course when we do this but there are two food stories that are begging for our attention do you want to start this in the under the armpit of the country regina or do you want to go to uh, vancouver island the other armpit of the country
2: uh let's get the first armpit out of the way
0: all right let's go to regina i am excited for this one because i love pizza you love pizza but I don't think anyone loves pizza as much as this man in Regina. So there was a recent CBC news report that set out to examine why people in Regina believe that their pizza and the style of pizza that's associated with Regina is the best pizza. If you're unfamiliar, Regina style pizza is unique that it's an extremely deep dish style pizza with adobe crust and a generous amount of sauce covered with layers of meats, vegetables and cheeses instead of being served in slices this style of pizza is typically cut into squares and served more like you would get like lasagna or something like that but anyway to explore this regina style pizza phenomenon cbc interviewed a man named jim Baton, who's the owner of tumbler's pizza which is a very popular pizza in in regina and uh, when they talked to this man let's just say that the pizza has many more secrets than you would expect.
6: All stalls of pizza are great. We just happen to be very fortunate to make the best pizza, the best quality and the most passion in one pizza. When you're building a house, uh, you have to have a great foundation and uh, the crust is considered the foundation. The sauce is boss. It takes one week to make the sauce. One of the biggest parts of our pizza Shut all the cameras off in the building. I'm here by myself. Uh, we, uh, there's only two people that know the recipe, my, myself and my son. Everything to do with that sauce is secret. We have a vault where we put the liquids, and not all the liquids are there. Some of them are stored somewhere else. And uh, we have our spices that are pre-mixed. When we blend it, it takes one week to turn into what we do with it when we put it in the tomato. Once it marries that tomato, the game is over. It's, 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 it's a, it's, it's, miracle. Happened. Mm-hmm.
5: And when you go to throw it in the garbage?
6: My garbage doesn't go anywhere near here. And it goes to undisclosed area. Anybody who has that recipe should have the passion behind the recipe. And I, uh, our family has protected that for 44 years.
1: How many do you make here a day?
0: Well, that's a sort of a secret, but up to 300. Now that was only a small portion of the full interview. But, man, I've never heard anyone as serious about pizza and as good of a secret keeper as <laughs> that man. Do you want to try this pizza?
2: I'd love to try it. Yeah, I love pizza. I, uh, if this pizza is as good as they say it is, it kind of looks to me just like a deep dish pizza.
0: Yeah, but every part of it is secret. Like, think of the steps this guy has taken that is he's taking he has a vault where he keeps the liquid when he when he's dealing with the recipe he turns all the cameras off in the building no one else is in the building as this man begins to do his the delicate dance that becomes a portion of the sauce that has to be married to tomatoes to create magic he doesn't even keep his garbage on site For fear of someone getting this recipe. But here's the thing. You buy the pizza, you take it home,
2: you reverse engineer it, and then you've got it, right? How do you do that, though? Well, Area 51 has taught us everything we need to know about Mm. reverse engineering anything that we want. You know, the alien technology can be reverse engineered. So can a pizza recipe.
0: It just takes time if you want to do it.
2: Yeah, you just got to keep... Okay, needs to be a little sweeter, needs more of this, needs more of that, less of this. Like, And you just keep trying it over Mm -hmm. and over again until it tastes exactly the way that
0: their pizza tastes. With this pizza, though, there's more to it as well. There's the ingredients, but also the time. Like he says it takes like, did he say it's like a week or 10 days that the sauce sits there before it's even served? Well, he's already revealed that part of the secret. That's right. Keep a secret, bud, if you want to. I know. To.
2: Don't go on YouTube and, and and blab about how...
0: Go on CBC. Yeah,
2: you know, I'm blabbing about how, how it sits there for a week. It's like, all right, well, that makes my job easier to figure out how this
0: pizza is made. Um, the, the restaurant he runs is called Tumbler's and I did some investigative journalism because I know someone from Regina, Madeleine Klein. I reached out to her today. I asked the question or I presented the question, have you tried Tumbler's pizza and is it good? Uh, her response was, yes, I've tried it. And yes, it's super good. We used to order Tumbler's after the bar because they were one of the only places open till 4am. It's a Regina delicacy. Okay. It's good enough for her. So is this guy, I, I want to try
2: it. Yeah, I'd love to try it. Um, maybe if somebody sends you some. I'd be nervous to eat anything that somebody sent in the mail, though. Forget it. How would you send a beets in the mail? Oh, well, you know, wrap up a slice and put it in a cooler and wrap up the cooler and mail it to nighttime.com and...
0: see what what happens (laughs) i don't know uh Um, this pizza the tumblers i read about it it um seems like it's not only sold like from a restaurant but i think they sell it like in grocery stores and stuff as well so maybe they sell it like uncooked or something it it looked um I, i don't think this was in the piece that we played on the podcast but even how he cooks it there's something special about the oven that there's not as much air in the oven because he says it it dehydrates the cheese. So there's like, there's so much care to it. And and I guess where it's so thick, this pizza, um, you know, the special kind of cooking considerations have to happen. So I think if I tried it, I wouldn't want it mailed to nighttime.com. I'd want to like go in the restaurant and try it fresh.
2: That's a long way for us to travel to go and try this pizza. Mm -hmm. Um, But is the story about regina pizza in general or is it just this one tumbler's place
0: i think the story is how passionate this man is about the pizza and the secrets he's keeping and just the lengths he's going to kind of mythologize everything that happens in that restaurant when customers aren't looking but if
2: these are the kind of secrets he keeps about how he makes his pizza, what other secrets does this man keep in Mm -hmm. his closet? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's got some skeletons. I think he's done some terrible things in his life that he regrets and that he doesn't want getting out. And I think he uses Mm -hmm. this pizza thing as a mask. Or a metaphor. I don't think it's a metaphor. I think it's a distraction it's like i i could never have killed anyone because i make the best pizza in regina
0: look yeah and then he goes into his spiel wasn't me officer have a slice (laughs) uh actually this is a good segue the idea of food either being a disguise or a sort of trojan horse for murder Uh, that kind of leads us to our story in vancouver island Do, do you know what i mean by a cake pop from Starbucks, Have yeah, you they're like a, a round cake ball on a stick. Yeah, my um, my kids love them. So it's it's kind of like the shape of a timbit, a round ball of dough on the end of a stick, and then that round ball of dough is like dipped in some kind of uh, like chocolate or something, and so it's served like that. Starbucks sell them like crazy. Whenever you go to Starbucks, you see them. But a mother in on Vancouver Island is raising the alarm because she found, or she claims to have found, a pill inside of a cake pop that she bought for her kid at Starbucks. Listen to this. Sorry to pull you out of the episode like this, but I want to make sure you're getting every last drop of weird out of Keep Canada Weird. You may not know this, but Aaron and I have a Keep Canada Weird time machine, and every so often, we hop in and travel back to a weird moment in Canadian history. The results of our escapades are short, bite-sized episodes that supplement this weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion. You can hear the Keep Canada Weird Remember Shorts on the Nighttime Podcast's premium feed or on the standalone Keep Canada Weird podcast feed. Our next journey is going to be to a beauty salon in Halifax, Nova Scotia, where in 2013, the face of Jesus Christ appeared in a very naughty area on a hardwood floor, but also naughty because Christ appeared in a private room for Brazilian wax procedures. The waxing shop has got to be one of the stranger places to find the Son of God. But if you look between the feet,
2: the image of Jesus jumps from the naughty pine. My eyes immediately went to the floor. I did a second
0: take, and then I thought, well, would you look at that? It's Jesus. It does sort of look like Jesus, doesn't it? Yes. That episode will be out on the premium feed and the Keep Canada Weird feed shortly. I hope you check it out. Now let's get back to this episode.
5: Isabel Piper says when her five-year-old son took a bite out of his Starbucks cake pop, it didn't taste so sweet. He took a bite of it and proceeded to tell me how disgusting it was and that it wasn't what he ordered. What the Vancouver Island mother says happened next is concerning. So I went to go hand it to my other son. When I went to do the transaction, I moved my head along with the cake pop in my hand and that's where I seen the pill just laying. A pill pictured beside the sweet treat. Immediately I freaked out, yelled at my son not to take a bite. Isabel believes it came from inside the cake pop. He took a bite of it and then immediately, basically handed it over. RCMP Comox Valley confirmed to Global News officers are investigating the allegations that are said to have happened early Thursday morning at Starbucks Courtney location. Isabel says management there took her complaint seriously and stripped the product from its shelves. Customer care providing the name of the manufacturer who didn't get back to our requests for comment. Starbucks Canada did in a statement telling us it is investigating the incident. Delivering a safe and quality experience to our customers is our top priority and we will act with an abundance of caution whenever a potential concern is raised. A cake pop's an easy thing to throw at your child um, while you're driving and going out. And I would be devastated if this happened to another family and uh, their son or daughter didn't say anything. It's really just making sure that it doesn't happen to anyone else. It's a, Starbucks is a really big company and who knows if there's another one out there.
0: One thing I agree with her on is a uh, cake pop is an easy thing to throw at your kid when you're driving.
2: You know, a cake pop, box- uh, cake cake pop is an easy thing to throw at anybody when you're driving because they're so light and they're on a stick and you just whip them. Yeah, you can really
0: whip them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They fly through the air because they have that weight on the end of the stick from the, yeah. from the pop part. I'm just thinking how fun that would be if you had a bucket of them on the passenger seat, your window down, just driving by bus stops, just whipping cake pops at people. It just
2: sounds like this woman can't discipline her child and just gives cake pops to them all the time
0: yeah oh you're crying again uh,
2: another eat cake another pop. cake pop
0: yeah just shut up <laughs> i don't agree with that who knows what was going on that day listen maybe the kid I, did I something see amazing the and deserve a see treat
2: them. no kids never deserve treats what do kids do to earn treats
0: that's true nothing they're they're often bribery It's mm, uh, just can... a way
2: to just say please shut up for 10 minutes so i can drink my yeah, tea it'll, and think about how yeah, to fake my own death
0: it'll it'll cost me three dollars to shut you up here you go um mm-hmm. what do you think of this do you think it is a well actually before i ask you that or before you answer that first thing is I assume Starbucks made those. But by the sounds of this article, Starbucks doesn't even make the cake pops. They buy them from some other place. So when this lady finds the pill and goes to Starbucks, she's like, well, you should talk to the, you know, the people who actually make them. So she goes to them, or CTV or whoever it was, go to them. They didn't get back to her yet. I assume Starbucks made those. So that's the first kind of revelation in this. And then the second thing is, we're, you know, how does the pill even get in there? Is it just some employee baker who has a headache and a bunch of pills in their pocket throughout the day and to take throughout the day and drops one into the batter or something it seems a little weird well the company that makes these cake pops knows that
2: parents are just throwing them at their children to keep them quiet so they're like why don't we put cold and sinus pills in the cake pops (laughs) so if the parent is really looking for a good two to three hours of silence from their kid the cold and sinus pill will totally knock them out.
0: Mm, maybe a little evil. Uh, I, I hope that's not what's happening. But I also, I, I can't imagine someone just, I don't think someone did it um, maliciously. But how would it end up perfectly inside the cake pop? It would be, well, the way they make cake pops, I watched a YouTube video on how these things are made because I don't know why. I watched it actually i think i was i have no idea why but i did watch a video i think so (laughs) um it's like you take like imagine taking donuts and then like just mashing a bunch of donuts up and almost making like a dough out of them and then making a ball out of that stuff putting it on a stick and then they dip it in something and that's i think that's how they're made so um i wonder if in the process of like blending it all together but you would think like the, I'm thinking, someone could have dropped it in, but you would think Starbucks and whoever's making it for Starbucks, it wouldn't be like people doing it. It'd be this big automated thing. If they have these things all over the country in Starbucks everywhere, it's, I doubt anyone is like getting that close to the food. Well, it's a small
2: pill, and like it's not like they take ev- they inspect every single cake pop that goes out the door. You know, they would inspect every. 50th one or something or you know some kind of quality control that they would have is not going to catch if it's a random like if it was a serious issue where it's like oh my god we have cases upon cases of cake pops from this specific factory that have cold and sinus pills in them Hmm. it's it sounds like it's just one rogue cold and sinus pill that fell out of somebody's pocket or something during cold and flu season
0: yeah. and ended yeah, up in some you... cake pop batter you're you're saying cold and sinus uh medicine or whatever i was under the impression it was just like an advil did did you see something that made you think it was a cold or sinus pill? That yeah, just what it looked like to me I, i'm not a doctor okay. I, I i don't know oh um the re like the reason i asked that is um this could be used as motivation for employers not to encourage sick people to come into the workplace especially when handling food that's always something that bothers me when you work among people and someone shows up and they're sick it drives me crazy when you're sick just stay home for a couple days and spare everyone the heartache and then when some employers are like you know really encouraging their staff to come in i think it ends up biting them in the butt when everyone else gets sick
2: yeah i don't know if it's so much them encouraging their staff to come in sick it's more. The work environment has this aura of, yeah, you can stay home if you're sick, but, you know, I wouldn't advise you. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I'm glad her kid, whatever this pill is and however it got in there, thank goodness her kid didn't eat it. It seems like it's a stroke of luck that she found it because her kid in the backseat bites the cake pop and doesn't like it. And I think she reaches back to, like, give it to another kid was the impression I got. And somehow along that, uh, within that process, she the mother realizes the pill's in there. I don't know how she yeah. found it or not. And, I'm, so and it. I
2: don't think Starbucks was convinced that the pill originally came from the cake pop. Uh, yeah, how do you know? How can, how can you prove that's it? That's the thing. Like, oh, there's a hair in my burger. Can I get a free burger? Mm-hmm. It's like, well... Did the hair actually come from one of our employees or did you put the hair on and then come into the, come up to the counter and say, hey, there's a hair in my burger. Give me
0: a free burger. What would her motivation be to, to do this? Like, I believe her. There's nothing to make me think she faked it. Well, but I don't I, but think she but I can... faked
2: it, but I mean, a lot can happen in the backseat of a car if there's two kids back there. Mm. I mean, you could have had th- that pill could have come from anywhere.
0: That's true. And it's not like Starbucks is going to, like, you know, jump in front of this and issue a statement and pull them all out of, you know, they probably, you know, pull them all out of Starbucks across the country or something without like a definitive yeah. kind of reason. I, I don't know. It's a it's scary, though, the idea of like stuff like that being in food that's generally marketed towards kids. That's that's scary. Um, but I'm sure like stuff like this happens you know, the amount of cake pops they make in cake and sell and people eat, cake pops have never been in the news before, as far as I know.
2: No, no. This seems like a rogue incident. And I'd be surprised if we heard about more cake pops with cold and sinus pills in them.
0: <laughs> you never know. This could be the start of I something. I mean, it could
2: be a really good way for doctors to administer a medicine that that kids, oh God! Don't give kids don't want to take because it's gross, right? Well, okay.
0: Oh, you I do that at home. Yeah,
2: you don't want to take this, you know, you know, medicine for your sickness. What about a cake pop? Do you want a cake pop? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'd love a, it. I'd love a cake. Pop. Take it all in one bite and swallow. Don't chew. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Who knows what the explanation is? But um, I, I guess, good thing the kid didn't swallow it. Who knows what that is and what it could have done.
2: We don't know. We'll never know. We'll
0: never know. I'd like to hear from any listeners out there who enjoy these cake pops. Uh if you have had a weird experience with cake pops or any other kind of baked good from Starbucks or any other retailer, I'd like to hear about it. I'm interested in baked good stories of all types.
2: Yeah, maybe next week we'll both have a cake pop live on the show and see if there's a pill inside of it.
0: Oh yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. I like that idea. Um, and maybe a slice of pizza too. I just wish I do want to get that Tumblr's pizza someday. I I'm love to out I there. love
2: pizza. I love pizza in all shapes and sizes. Um, and I'm very open minded to some other region of Canada possibly having better pizza than Cape Breton Island.
0: I know it's just when you hear like this place has the best pizza, I can't help but be like a little apprehensive because everywhere everybody says that. But I also say that because I believe the best pizzas in Cape Breton. Mm -hmm, I I do too.
2: I think pound for pound, Cape Breton has the best pizza because every pizza shop is at least really good. There's not any terrible pizza shops. That's a good point. I don't Mm -hmm. think that there's one pizza shop in Cape Breton that can say it's the best pizza in the world or anything. But I think in a geographical situation where you have all these pizza shops and even the worst ones are really good.
0: Mm, That's a good point. Well said. Amen to that.
2: Yeah. That's all I have to say. I covered Tim Houston. I covered Cape Breton (laughs) pizza, uh,
0: cake pops. Yeah. I'm ready to go to bed we're done. We kept Canada weird. I I'm excited to find out what happens over the next week, because I think, you know, the temperature is raising the, um, the country's just getting weirder by the minute. Uh, and we'll prove it again next week. Let's put a bow on this handsome Aaron airport until next week. Jordan until next time. I, I screwed up. You messed it up. Thing. Yeah. Try it again. Handsome Aaron airport. Until next time. Jordan, until next time. Um, you mentioned living near the water. Go take a walk. Maybe you'll find something interesting over there.
2: Yeah, maybe there's a ghost ship with a bunch of ghosts who want to bring some ghostly snow shovels up to my driveway and and widen the opening a little bit. I was working on that tonight, <laughs> you know, like because when you first crack the top of the driveway, you've gotten through the mountain of snow that's there, You're only making just enough room for your car to squeeze by because you've been Mm -hmm. shoveling all goddamn day trying to get to the end of your driveway. Mm -hmm. And you're like, that's it. There's barely enough room for the car to get through. I'm going to bed. And then uh, the next day you start chipping away at the edges. Every day you widen it a little more. uh, And then next thing you know, life is back to normal. Only- and the ambulance can get in. The paramedics can get out after they have you in a stretcher. You know, all <laughs> of the emergencies that you normally see when you get 160 centimeters of snow. in three days.
0: I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mission to keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for even greater support. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, please let us know. We'd love to hear about it and include it in an upcoming episode. As well, if you have any thoughts, opinions, theories, or anything you want to say about the stories we discussed tonight, we'd like to hear that too. You can contact us via voice memo at nighttimepodcast.com slash contact. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, before we wrap things up here, let me end with some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the listeners of Nighttime. A big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicol, who provides the series intro and outro voiceovers. Monty Data, who provides the outro version of O Canada. And then lastly, but most importantly, a massive thank you goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed. Adam, Tiffany, and Barco, thank you for going premium. If anyone else would like to support the show, you can help us out here in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs just a couple dollars a month, and that money funds the creation of the show, but the premium feed also gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of nighttime episodes that sounds like something you're interested in you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttime podcast and even if you can't go premium you can still support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your like-minded friends know what we're doing here we appreciate your support in growing this and until next time take care of each other hug your loved ones tight and let us know if you see anything weird
1: keep canada weird is written hosted and produced and now, by the nighttime one, podcast
2: two, three, everywhere good night
1: hi jordan the handsome Air and airport i was listening to the podcast a couple weeks ago and uh talking about um corporate sponsored sportsplex um and i have came across one that is a little weird not too bad but it is the mold master sportsplex it is in halton hills uh, in ontario it's about an hour away from toronto i mean i'm sure they are a uh, respectable company nothing weird about them um, i'm 99 sure that it is a mold injection factory so nothing weird there uh, but my weird brain uh, keeps bringing me back to mold as in the green stuff that grows on your cheese in the back of the fridge after a year. So putting that together, I'm thinking that is a pretty weird, um, weird name for, a, uh, for an arena. Um, enjoy the podcast, keep up the good work, and see you soon or listen to you soon.